I'm Mike Tom with Colleen Hood. Welcome to Connections. Today's guest has a life story that most people could not imagine. Abducted by her own father, they lived on the run and often homeless from the time she was just nine years old. Then she wasn't able to escape from that until she was nearly out of high school. So how does she piece her life back together to become a successful person? And how can you piece your life back together? Kim Cobb will join us today and tell us how she got unstuck from her past. Kim Cobb is a successful businesswoman today. Kim, you've served as a CFO for several organizations, but that hasn't always been the case. Correct. That's right. Um, I was a product of a very dysfunctional family, and that all kind of culminated after several generations um, with my parents' very bitter divorce. And during that time, my father, not who did not have custody of us, abducted my brother and I um, on a routine visitation weekend, and my mother was never able to find us, and as a result, uh, we became FBI missing persons. Um, We lived as homeless fugitives on the run, and we were one of the first kids on milk cartons. Wow. When was that exactly then? So this this occurred in 1979, and um, I ran away in late 1986, whenever I realized that he wasn't ever going to really let me out of the situation to live my own life. Um, I wanted to go to college, and he sort of dropped the bomb on me that I wasn't going to be able to do that because I would have to assume my birth identity. And when I did that, more than likely he would be found and uh, then have to suffer the consequences for what he did. Wow. What was that like in the midst of that? Like, did you understand that you were a missing person when you were growing up like that? Or did, it wasn't until uh, that moment where you finally pieced it all together? No, I understood. We, I, I understood what, what, what was going on always. My brother and I both did. And we knew that we were missing and we knew what he was running from. Um, it was... When he took us, it was posed to us as though if you want to live with me, you have, we have to go right now, and you won't be able to see your mom again for a very long time. She's trying to keep you from me, and if we stay here and you stay with her, then you won't be able to see me because she's going to obtain sole custody and not allow you to not allow me to, to visit you, which was not true. So, but he spun it so that. He actually had our support. At that age, though, it's got to be hard to understand that. It was hard to understand that. I didn't start understanding what really the web of lies that had been spun until I became a teenager. And when I realized that it it really wasn't about us, it was about revenge against her, then I started to see the reality of what was going on. How, how did you get away? You said you ran away. Where, where did you go? What did you do? So I did ran away. I, I started um, planning it, and it wasn't a violent, abusive situation um, at all until right towards the end. And um, then there were—I I was really rebelling against the situation, and there were some threats and things that that were made. And at that point, I became physically scared, and so I started, um, you know, not only for not only of the fact that my future was was being limited and taken from me, but I started to be physically scared to be in the the present circumstances. So I started making my plans knowing that I was going to have to sneak away, and um, I got the help of a friend, and um, we had been 
um, disconnected from any of our family during all of this time until just uh, until just a few months before I ran away. And um, my my dad's sister knew where we were at the time, and I placed a call to her and told her that I was leaving. And I said that even if I have to go to the streets, you know, I'm I'm going. I'm, I have to get out of this this situation. And I had some friends that friends of friends that were willing to take me in. So. Um, I stay. I, I left, snuck away, stayed with a friend for a few days, and then my my aunt, who uh, lived in Dallas, Texas, um, actually agreed to take me in. And uh, so she took me in, and I got me help, counseling, you know, that tried to um, help me get my hands around what I needed to do, um, you know, mentally, physically, and education-wise. I had to drop out of high school. I was a junior in high school. Um, so she, she kept me for, until I turned 18 and, and at that point, then I was reunited with my mother. Do you remember that first day of seeing your mom again, what that moment was like? It was surreal. (laughs) Um, and of course I remembered what our life was like as a family and, um, before the abduction and, um, I didn't know what all she had been through. Um, so uh, that was a big part of our our day was was the day that I was rec- uh, reunited with her. Big part of our day was just me learning about what all efforts she had done over the years to try to find us. Um, it was it, it was to, to be quite honest. It was almost like trying to the the moment was almost like trying to splice together. Uh, uh, the reels of two movies or something it um it was just a um kind of an out of body <laughs> type of experience it took some time for us to, to to gel and to trust each other um but we uh we did and we have a very very close relationship today and have for many many years the cards would be kind of stacked against you yet you're a very successful person how did you become so successful despite everything you experienced well, I didn't at first. At at, at first, I was uh, um, bitter and angry, and even described a life that had you know bombed out on me. I got into a um, a very unhealthy relationship right away. Um, and but the thing the thing that has always been inside of me is a desire to learn and move forward. And I have always just rebelled against anyone that tried to hold me back and my father my relationship both of those things um wanted to keep me back keep me keep me down um and I love to I I am a self-proclaimed lifelong learner I love to read and um learn new things and I'm just I I naturally have a a mentality of you know wanting to self-educate and that Education changes your life, and it makes you think differently, and it's almost impossible to stay in one place once you learn something and your eyes are open. So I've just always forced myself um, to learn new things and continue to grow mentally um, and physically. And it was stacked against me, and at first I was bitter, but at, at some point I realized that things did not have to get any worse. This could be my rock bottom, but that was going to be my decision. No one else was going to serve up a better situation 
um, to me on a silver platter, so to speak, I, that I needed to take things into my own hands. Yes, I needed the help of other people, and I was fortunate to have that um, beyond a certain point. But um, the mental work was, the mental responsibility was mine. And, and now you've taken all of that education. You've written a book, um, obviously, about your story. Tell us about that book and why you decided to write it. So I um, initially the book was going to be a hundred percent memoir, and um, I was advised because it it is such a you know in, inspiring story. My my goal was never to just tell the story. Um, I believe that we're given our stories once we learn what we need to learn from them. We're given our stories to um, help other people and not just to tuck them away or sweep things under the rug. So I've always owned the story. I've never been embarrassed to talk about it. Um, But it's not a message of I was a victim and this is what happened to me. It It is what I learned from it and the tools and mental strategies that I use to overcome the circumstances that I was in. And it's very practical advice. Um, it's, it's fairly blunt and, and tough love, but I decided to write it uh, after I really started writing it. I knew I wanted to write it before, but I started writing it after I became a uh, Christian when I was about 30 years old. And at that point, um, sharing my testimony and things became really important to me. And so I started physically writing the book um, at that point, which was about 18, 19 years ago. Kim, you said you really started writing the book after you became a Christian when you were 30 years old. I want to hear then how you became a Christian. How did you meet Jesus and what was that experience like for you? So we were we were raised in a very religious household, but it was more Old Testament rules driven. It wasn't a really a uh, an environment that taught a lot about a relationship with Christ and and His love for us. We believed, but um, it just it wasn't complete. So I met my husband in 1994, and uh, through him I met some. And, and keep in mind that to this point, I thought I was a Christian. <laughs> and um, I met some people that uh, started inviting me to go to church, and I hadn't been inside a church since I was eight or nine years old. Um, really and truly, this is sort of applicable right now. When I realized that I did not truly have Christ in my heart was right after September 11th. Um, my, my husband um, it was, it was a, is a career lifelong fireman. And uh, so the events really struck me hard um, because of because of his his job and what he does. Um, and our the local the, the largest church in town sponsored a um, appreciation Sunday for first responders. And so everyone went in their dress blues and everything. And during at the end of the service, there was a group of special needs um, uh, young adults from a local home that all went down for the altar call. I got so emotional during the service and watching what they did after after the service. I wanted to walk down, but I didn't understand what they were doing. Um, I just knew that something came over me. And um, so I shared it with a friend, and she told me, you know, this is what's going on. You know, you need to do this. This is what's happened to you. The Holy Spirit's coming over you, and you are, you know, uh, you, she witnessed to me and helped me get the rest of the way there. <laughs> Obviously, you were able to escape. Was your brother able to escape at the same time as you? 
No, he did not come with me. That was his own choice. Uh, he did know that I was leaving, but he chose to stay. Um, but he did separate from our, fa- our father about five years later, and I was reunited with him uh, when he was 19. So do you guys have a relationship again then t- uh, today? We definitely do. He lives in the same town as I do now. had my book signing last night, and he was there for for that. So, yeah, we have a very close relationship. We had very different paths uh, to recovery um, because of, you know, our, our own, each each of our different experiences. Mine as a girl was different than his as a, as a boy growing up. Um, but uh, he's, he's successful. He's a fireman. He's got a successful career. Neither one of us um, ever had biological children of our own. Um, we both married um, people that had that had children already, and um, but he's he's good and healthy. We're very close, um, and uh, uh, yeah, we're we we live close to each other now. Somebody listening right now, maybe they're stuck and they're saying, "Well, that's nice for her, but my situation's different, and I can't get out, and I can't move past this." What what do you say to people to help them start moving and get unstuck? Well, the first thing is you have to stop saying "I can't." Um, you just have to eliminate that from your vocabulary and from your thinking. Um, and, you know, then you have to start getting a vision for where you want to go. Maybe you're not physically taking any um, action right now, but you have to get a mental picture of where you want to where you want to go and then start making some goals and be determined that you're going to do this. And it doesn't happen overnight, and it is hard. But the mental determination that you're going to move forward is um, half the battle won. Um, and then you have to be willing, you know, to accept mentors in your life. You have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. And this isn't this isn't um, uh, comfortable at all. I mean, one of the things that one of the things that I say in the book is that it's really easy to become warm and cozy in a big pile of cow manure. Um, you know, it, it stinks, but it, it can kind of just kind of be what you know and feel great, you know. Um, yeah. So and you have to be willing to learn and take baby steps. Um, and if you can do this, what it did for me was it t- transformed me into someone who now I can pay it forward. You know, I had mentors, which is, which is a big part of my story in the book, is, is the mentors that I had in my life in business. Um, but I'm able to pay that back, and that's that's the whole point for me. It's a cycle. To it was a, for me to have achieved a certain level of success in life, mentally be healthy, um, break the cycle of um, things and dysfunction that was in my family, so that I can be a value and be able to help other people. So that that's that's how I see it. For people who want to learn more about you and want to pick up your book, how do they go about doing that? The book is on Amazon, and it's also available in stores at Barnes & Noble. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kim. Yeah, what a great story. And don't forget, you can always listen to the full episodes on your radio station twice, once in the morning and once in the evening as well. You can find the podcast version at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast. We'll talk to you again on Connections.